0: action fanatics welcome to another edition of the bulletproof podcast i'm your host chris the brain joining me as always chad cruz and chad we're going to be talking about one of your favorite movies of all time here on episode 49
1: yeah it only took 49 episodes to get to one of my favorite movies of all time I, I'm, I'm pretty sure that we probably hit at least one of yours already but oh, it yeah. took 49 to get to mine
0: we, we did death wish three and that's pretty tippy top of the list for me yeah um but yeah we're gonna talk streets of fire uh michael pare but before we get into that We have been getting some good feedback about the show, which uh, I I hate to sound surprised about it. But we've been getting some great feedback. We had a great comment uh, from Terry. Uh, You could check that out on our Eye of the Tiger podcast post on the site. But yeah, Terry, really, uh, you know, it's comments like that that make this all worth it, Chad.
1: It really is. And uh, I don't know what you paid, Terry. Uh, Did you send him a check? You gave him Nothing. Or him. No. It could, I guess it could be a woman, right? It could, a man be, it or a could be. I assumed it, it was a woman. It could be the know. ghost of Terry. Or a man. It could, that could very well be, yes. I hope that's not the case because uh, Terry, whoever uh, it might be, I'm, I'm already a fan of them because he uh, said some very nice things about us. And uh, you know, we, we kind of built the site, created the podcast in order to reach a certain niche uh, audience, a niche audience out there. Cause we didn't, you know, we didn't hear a lot of action podcasts out there. We didn't, you know, maybe I wasn't searching hard enough, maybe they're probably out there, but uh we weren't hearing the things that we wanted to hear, or the things that we wanted to talk about. So we made, made our own. And it's just nice that some people can appreciate it.
0: Right. And, and, you know, I, I think he just, he picks up the vibe of the show and we're just here to have fun. Yeah, We love action movies and we want to share that love. We're not here to, uh, I don't know get all intellectual about these movies like and some podcasts doing and that's their thing and, and yeah and God bless them but you know uh, my name I'm Chris the brain and name only I'm pretty much the dumbest person probably on the site but that's all right Well, I wouldn't go that far Well, that's true too because I'm probably the smartest but You're anyway the smartest <laughs> but uh, anyway yeah I mean we, we definitely love uh, love doing the show and love doing the site and just love action movies and we yep. hope that is radiating through your ears right now. Well, maybe not right now, but as we get yeah. into our show. Another piece of feedback though I want to get to, Chad. Okay. Is an old friend of ours, uh old friend of he actually did some stuff for the site way back when. Aaron Williams. Yes. Yeah. Has become an avid listener of the Bulletproof Podcast, despite the fact that this thing's been around for almost two full <laughs> years now. Yeah. Uh but I found it interesting because I believe that you and Aaron Williams were in the same place at the same time recently, and I could only ascertain that you are strong-arming people into listening yes. to the show. Because I told him about the show months and months ago and never got any feedback from him. You, at one meeting with you, and he's listening to every episode.
1: Right, and you know what What could have been the, the, uh, the nail in the coffin there to seal the deal is uh, I was wearing my Bulletproof Podcast t-shirt when I saw him. Uh, and which reminds me, I need to send him a tea because I told him I would, uh, as as a, as a brother of the BPA history. Um, I told him I'd send him a tea, but he he saw me in my, uh, sweet ass, uh, light blue colored Bulletproof podcast t-shirt, which you can get on bulletproofaction.com. Just hit the shop tab. Um, he saw me in the t-shirt and he was like, Whoa, dude, that is a cool shirt. And I was like, yeah, it's based on a cool podcast. And then we talked briefly about it and, uh, that's all it took, man.
0: Yeah. I actually just it sent sells it, itself. sent Aaron a care package with, uh, some, uh, martial arts movies. It's, uh, his birthday nice. just before we're recording this. So oh, super. happy belated birthday to you, Aaron yeah. Williams. Uh, but yeah, so Aaron Williams is on board listening to everything. He asked if RTG is the heel on this program and <laughs> I told him pretty much. Yes, he is. Uh, <laughs> But there's no RTG this time. It's just me and you, Chad, and we are going to be talking about again, as we said, one of your favorite movies. Yeah. Streets of Fire starring Michael Paré, Diane Lane, Willem Dafoe, released June 1st, 1984. Uh, This one directed by Walter Hill. And I think last time when we were kind of previewing this, you alluded to this being something of a a passion project for Walter.
1: Yeah, I remember going through some of the special features for the Blu-ray that came out a few years back. He was talking about this is one of those pictures that he had had in his mind uh, since he was just a little kid, since he you know, had initially thought of, you know, writing stories or making, you know, probably ever before he thought about making films. But just like coming up with stories and the idea that you can be uh, this young man in a an exotic environment, uh, s- saving a beautiful woman. While at the same time having these rad neon lights, this awesome rock music, and it was just kind of like this uh, epic, um, I don't know, a, a mixture of all these things. You know, when he was growing up in the, I mean, you know, probably what sixties, yeah, know, or the fifties so. even. Yeah. You know, he the the uh, biker gangs and the greaser dudes of the fifties and the cool rock music, and then later on in the eighties, you had all the neon lights and stuff. So he kind of threw them all into one picture. And I think this is kind of the, uh, the spawn of that.
0: Yeah. And of course Hill, you know, did hard times, the warriors, Southern comfort, 48 hours, extreme prejudice. Another one I know you love and red heat, which I thought we were supposed to have a review of that, but instead you did a dated Olympics post. Uh, but that's all right. You're welcome. Yeah. Thank you. That was a fun
1: one though. Right. That was pretty decent. (sighs) Okay. It probably it, did it, anyone it, read it?
0: No, nobody read it and it would have okay. made more sense. If it was about a month earlier, but that's, you know,
1: yeah, well, you know, again, when that's I get why I, I'm inspired. The I just right.
0: I know you do, but yeah, let's talk about it. Streets of fire. Like you okay. said, it, it kind of creates its own world. It says even right at the beginning, it's a rock and roll fable yeah. from another time and another place. And whatever uh, the hell that means. Well, I, you know, I think he's just saying he's created his own world here and, uh, and he definitely did. Uh, and, first things first Ellen aim and the attackers are in concert and we kind of the first character we really see anything out of is Billy fish. Who's played by Rick Moranis. He's the manager. And let me tell you what, based on the crowd and what's happening in the buzz and the electricity in the air, as this movie begins, Ellen aim is over a F as the kids would say. Yeah. Um, and, and that song nowhere fast. That's a great way to just kick this thing off and just get the energy going. Uh, you know the music obviously a huge huge part of this it's kind of like one of those musical movies that is okay for guys to like i guess not that you know you could like it's kind of like the blues brothers I, this would make a yeah. good double feature with the blues brothers
1: yeah i agree and and even the you know action sequences kind of time up to a lot of the music that's playing in the background i mean you've got uh i can't remember the name of the band that plays later in the film do you remember it in the bar scene
0: Oh, no, I don't remember that.
1: the uh, hell I don't remember. But they're a legitimate band playing the song that they had written for the film. Um, but as they're playing that and you've got the dancer in the background and kind of like the action that's happening at the same time, it all kind of, I don't know, it kind of like makes the scenes almost like a musical, like you said, like the, the action itself is is almost uh, spelling itself out the way that the songs are. But yeah, the, the opening sequence is great. Ellen Amy, and The Attacker's. Play into a packed packed house. Uh, just the idea that Rick Moranis is in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I, you know, you had just watched this movie the, for the first time, but I, yep. I just saw for the first time a few years ago, and I don't think I'd ever even heard of it uh, before then. And I'm not sure how I, you know, even started watching it the first time, but uh, I, I pretty much instantly fell in love with it.
0: I think that group may be the Blasters. Basically. That's it, uh, the
1: Blasters. Yeah, because they, they prefer- were supposed to do. Uh, a song or two from the 48 hours and they turned okay. it down. And then that movie was a massive hit and they were like, shit, you know, we screwed <laughs> up. Um, and then this movie, they had another opportunity from Walter Hill and they did it. And the movie did not do so well.
0: Did Yeah. It was not as big of a hit. Um, no. So we've got, uh, we've got this concert going on. People are going crazy, but uh, the party's about to get uh, spoiled because creepy AF Raven played by Willem Dafoe and his group, his motorcycle game, the bombers show up, you know, first like, okay, these guys, you know, everybody likes this. She's, she she appeals to many demographics. Nope. They're there. They storm the stage. Everything's going crazy. The attackers are attacked for heaven's sake. And Ellen is kidnapped. We've got chaos in the streets. Police cars are flipping over. (laughs) It's just, It's out of control.
1: Yeah. And and you know what? You could say that Raven and the bombers, like, they really loved Ellen Aim to the point that they wanted to abduct her and get her to play private shows for them.
0: Uh, That could be. That that very well could be. Yeah. So then we get uh, Reva. Who sends a telegram after all this? Yeah, you know, there's trouble. There's trouble yeah. in this town, and Reva sends a telegram to her brother Tom Cody, played by the one and only Michael Parry. And I know you are a huge Michael Parry fan. I am. Um, and she basically says, "His help is needed. They yeah, need Tom Cody in a bad it, way."
1: It's funny because uh, you know she's like you said. She sends a telegram. And you're already kind of getting the vibes that this movie's putting out with, uh, you know, these biker dudes showing up, and the, just the type of music, the way that they dress. When they show the town outside, it just looks kind of off a little bit. Yeah. Like it looks like a normal city, but it's sort of not. So uh, it, you know, when the when the first credit or the first frame rolls about it being a rock and roll fable from another time, another place, that. Really means nothing if you have no clue what you're you're getting yourself into. But she sends a telegram. You're like, what the hell? Didn't they have phones at this point? Right. I know why phones have been them? around for a while. So why
0: didn't she just text them? Yeah,
1: why didn't she just send them a freaking uh, TikTok or some shit? I don't know. <laughs> um, uh, Snapchat. That's what they do, right? Right. Or is I that think dead? So. That's probably gone by now.
0: I, it, we we need Ryan Campbell for. By that. the time this
1: podcast comes out, there'll be something new.
0: That is true. That is true. So Tom Cody gets the the telegram. Um, and he's back in town he stops to see Riva at the diner um, I also noticed Addie the waitress I recognize her she's Olivia Brown she was in Miami vice but probably what got her in this is she was also in 48 hours as candy. okay uh, so obviously she was uh, somebody that Walter Hill knew and then uh, while they're in there some of those greasers you mentioned the roadmasters yeah. show up and we get a diner fight and I did a little research. One of the Roadmasters was Mr. Spiro Rosados, who I have mentioned on numerous times on my PM Entertainment Reviews, because he's like the stunt coordinator guy behind all that car craziness. Really? And he He's doing the you know, and he's like graduated to the big time because he's doing all the all the Fast and Furious movies, too. He's he's the, the guy behind all that
1: uh, Good chaos.
0: For him. So uh, that was a nice little factoid that i found as i was doing my research for the show but
1: so he's one of the guys that cody beats the shit out of
0: absolutely and and, and it was odd he like they he beats the crap out of them and i don't know why they didn't hop in their car and leave they just like leave on foot
1: yeah they just run off leaving their car there and, and you know that's a cool scene because uh you know cody uh, michael Parra is young like uh, i don't know he was probably what 25 or something when this came out um but he looks young he's kind of got a baby face to him and even when he pops off, he's got a cool duster jacket on, you know what I mean? Like he's a hero. He's got to have a cool duster jacket. Uh, It's not leather, but you know, it's cool. Um, but as soon as he pops that off, he's got his like cut off shirt and his suspenders on. (laughs) So that could have very easily looked terrible. But you know, once he starts beating the crap out of some guys and he starts handling that butterfly knife, you're like, Oh, okay. This, this is pretty legit.
0: And good call. He was, he would have been uh, 26 in October of, uh, 84 so yeah when he was making this movie he was probably 25 you're very good chad and i'm good you could do like the guess the age gimmick at the uh the carnival
1: i should yeah that's a that's a good backup plan for a yeah career for me. <laughs> there you go <laughs> Carney. i've already done some work in in, in the, the Carney world in the
0: carny world yeah exactly <laughs> uh so you, you already know the lingo so you, yep. you'll be good You'll be good. So yeah, Cody sends the Roadmasters pack in. And then he just like, oh, I got this car to take That's for good. a little joyride. Yeah. So him and Reva go for a ride. Uh, they get pulled over by the cops. I guess like the kind of the chief cop there in town is Ed. And uh, yeah, we get uh, we obviously get a little backstory that uh, Cody may have caused some trouble for Ed and, and the police force maybe a few years prior before he went off to the army.
1: Yeah, he was ornery, uh, I think.
0: And, and so it's like, hey, we don't need any of that back here now that you're back, but we don't need that trouble. We also see uh, Officer Cooley, played by Rick Rosevich, who, of course, appeared in many a movie. I think uh, Top Gun and Terminator would probably yeah. be the ones I most Slider. Re- recognize him from. Um, so, you know, Ed just basically giving him the warning. But, you know, Tom Cody's going to be Tom Cody. Let's right. Face it.
1: Right. Right.
0: And now an interesting wrinkle, you know, when we saw Billy Fish at the beginning, uh, we just assumed he was like the manager of Aim and the attackers, which he is. But now Cody finds out he's more than just a manager.
1: Yeah. You know, just like in real life, a lot of these uh, musicians, managers are also, uh, you know, on the side hitting, hitting that, you know,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I can't confirm that Billy Fish is in fact hitting that, but. He is the boyfriend of Ellen haim and that does, you know, it poses some issues, you know, not, cert- not really for Tom Cody, because I don't think he goes into this thinking like, Hey, I'm going to get back with my old squeeze. He's, he's kind of there to, to, for a mission, but, uh, you know, it definitely adds a wrinkle to it.
0: Well, yeah. It's like, why doesn't her boyfriend go get her then? I well, it sure is Rick a, Moranis. Well, I don't. Yeah, I don't think he realized that at the point Yeah, uh, at that time. He, he didn't know exactly who he was working with there. But uh, yeah, it is Rick Moranis, who is probably not the most intimidating man to ever walk the face of the earth. OK, so then uh, Cody goes to a, a bar. I nice. get That's, another familiar face. Sense. Mr. Bill Paxton playing Clyde, the bartender. Who is having a somewhat heated argument with a customer, <laughs> McCoy, played by Amy Madigan, and she actually knocks uh, Clyde the the f out.
1: <laughs> yeah, she. What was it? she's trying to order a drink, and he's kind of being a dick to her.
0: Uh, yeah, I think he doesn't uh, like, think, do think she Yeah, right.
1: Yeah, so she hits him. I don't think it, you could do that at, at bars.
0: No, you're probably not supposed not.
1: to. And then she just grabs a bottle and starts drinking it, right?
0: yeah Or like yeah. And, and, for, yeah and off yeah asks uh tom what he wants yeah she hops the barn and just serves herself self-serve yeah, a, so she works just at a the ex-... gas station but not, yeah. not at the bar
1: she's just an ex-soldier passing through town uh looking for some you know quote-unquote work which i don't know really know what that means um you know this is another time in another place so maybe she's like a like a mercenary or something
0: <laughs> yeah she well yeah and that's kind of how they paint they're kind of birds of a feather there yeah so it makes sense they kind of flock together as they say you know what my favorite amy madigan movie is
1: uncle buck you
0: are right uncle buck and it's a perfect time for me to let everybody know that this episode of the bulletproof podcast is brought to you by kobolowski tires for the best in tires see shanice kobolowski all right well moving on uh mccoy ends up Crouching yeah. on Riva's couch because why not just kind of a stray that uh, Tom Cody brought home.
1: Yeah. I uh, think that there was a, uh, a brief moment of him. Like, are they going to shack up? But I, I think Amy Madigan plays the part great because she, at no point seems like a chick who's just going to let him. You know, well, yeah. She,
0: she says m- multiple times. he's, <laughs> yeah. not, he's not, not my type. type. And, and she's I very know- gruff. There's some uh, theories about that on online. Uh, yes. Maybe no man was her type, but yeah, whatever. Yeah, maybe Reva was. Yeah, Maybe. You, you might be correct there. So, I feel like there's
1: a point in the movie where she mentions a man, though, a boyfriend or an She does, yeah. yeah. So
0: that's why I, you know, at first, I mean, it, right. it's, it, it's easy to, your mind to go there. But yeah, she yeah. did mention. Um, and then the I
1: the character, I, I mentioned it in my post. One of the posts I had written on this movie that it was originally written. Uh, the sidekick role was for a man, for a Hispanic man. Uh, specifically Edward James Olmos was the ah, one that they had, they had another uh, Miami him,
0: vice alumni.
1: Yeah. They had him pegged for the role. And then uh, Amy Madigan had come in to read for the, they asked her to come in and read for the role of Reva. And she, uh, I don't know, she declined it or she just like said, Hey, I prefer to read for this other role. And she was so good that they changed uh, the character from whatever his name was. i don't make one up Lopez. Could have been McCoy. To, oh could no. Have been I McCoy. guess if he was. Yeah. <laughs> They would have, you know, jumped at that, uh, Ortiz or something. So they right. they changed the name to McCoy and made it kind of a, uh, you know, androgynous, if you will.
0: Right, right. Well, it works. I mean, it definitely yeah. works. She's one of the, you know, I mean, a standout character. I mean, it, the movie doesn't have a ton of characters, which helps.
1: Yeah, it's good. It, it it focuses solely on like four people, and I think it makes the movie better because the scenes it, add some tension to it.
0: Right. So. Cody finally says, you know what, All right, I'll go get Ellen out of the battery, which is where Raven, that's his turf. Um, But he wants 10 grand to do it. And uh, he wants to meet with uh, Billy Fish first. And he meets him. Billy agrees to it. um, But then he's not real happy (laughs) because Cody's like, you're coming with me, though, because you know the area. So he's like, well, you know, he thought he would just pay and sit back and wait for the results to come in. Um, and then we get McCoy too. She's volunteers to back up Cody and Billy fish once again, not happy.
1: Yeah. And Billy fish is, you know, a slimy character, you know, from the very beginning, you, you, you you don't really like him at any point in the movie. Um, even though he's Rick Moranis, which is kind of funny because he's one of the more likable guys in like any like film history. Right. Um, but he's not a likable character in this, especially at this point in the movie. But I think that if they were going to remake this. Uh, he would he would be asked to be paid in bitcoin right crypto <laughs> It's like a, po- under the yeah. under the table stuff
0: quite possibly i yeah, I, yeah. A, a remake and let you know i'm surprised Start- you even bring that up that's like sacrilege wouldn't it be yeah thing? i hate remakes yeah, exactly so. um but you know this would be the t- prime t- this is the type of movie they should remake just because so many people i think slept on the original. It's kind of like when we talked about Remo Williams. Like you could reboot right. that. Nobody even knew there was a Remo Williams movie. <laughs> right. For the most part. And I, it's like you're not you're not going to piss people off like when you say let's remake Halloween or something that everybody right. knows about or so.
1: Yeah, these movies that these under the radar movies that are 40 years old already, you know, it's like is it worth it to to reboot them or just like Come up with another character that has a similar name. Right. That or like the story is just eerily similar. Um, I mean it's a pretty it's it's literally uh you've put this in medieval times, it's a knight that goes to rescue the maiden, you know, mm-hmm. from the evil guy in the in the castle. It's really no different than that. So it's a timeless story.
0: Absolutely. So they make their way to the battery. Uh, they run into a g- guy in an alley. Ben Gunn was his name. Ed Bagley Jr. Just another random person who pops okay. into this movie. Um, and he tells them, "Hey, I know where. I know why you guys are here. You're looking for Ellen. She's over at Torchy's. Um, that's where Raven. And now, right before that, we as the audience see that Raven has Ellen tied up to a bed. Yes, which probably did just... something. Probably mm. does some things to some people when they watch it.
1: I feel like he, and he's like extra creepy. You know, I think this was Willem Dafoe's first film, and he like turns the creep factor up by like a thousand. It's, Is I don't know if it's the pale? hair. It, he's so pale. It's just, yeah, weird, I was going to say it,
0: it's the skin tone for me. The, you almost yeah, look the, like a vampire.
1: He's got like the black leather pants and shit. It, it's just, yeah, it's, it's, a uh, it's what nightmares are made of.
0: Right. You don't see that character and forget him. No, he he leaves a he leaves a mark on you. So now they got to get a plan to get into Torchies, and it's it's quite a simple plan, and I guess in when you really look at it, because yeah. uh, basically McCoy's going to go through the front door and just enter the. I mean, it's a club; it's not like they're trying to penetrate some uh, secret fortress. It's a it's a public place. She's going to go in through the front door. Yeah, and uh, old Cody's going to go up through the roof and. Uh, yeah, McCoy gets in there. She gets hit on instantly by one of the uh the bombers. And uh Cody, he's up on the roof shooting people down on Hell the street. Yeah. So he's like he's kind of thinning the herd before before the action really picks
1: right. up. Right. Yeah, it's a and it's a badass scene too, because I mean McCoy is a hard ass in it. Like she she really kind of shows up for it, you know, because she's been talking a big game. You know, I'm not gonna let you down, Cody, and all this stuff. And she absolutely does not let him down. I mean, in fact, she does most of the work, like at the beginning, especially.
0: Right. Yeah. It's like, when is he, it's like, I was sitting there like, when is he coming inside? Did he just let her go inside on her own? Because he, what's he doing? Oh yeah. He's shooting people from the rooftop. (laughs) And he's got a sweet,
1: like a lever action, you know, rifle. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, it's, it's got like that, you know, he's got the duster on. It's almost got like a Western feel to it in, in a bit of a way. Like, Anybody who's grown up with Westerns, you know, knows that rifle, you know, sees it and knows it. It's got a very heroic look to it.
0: So, yeah, she gets in there. She gets the guy hitting on her to take her to Raven, who's playing a poker game. So she basically crashes that game. And while that's going on, Tom, Cody has made his way inside, finds Ellen tied up to the bed, frees her. So this plan works perfectly because just like clockwork, old Billy Fish is outside waiting for him um so ellen and mccoy hop in with billy they drive off cody says i'm gonna i'll catch up with you he causes a little bit more chaos and then we get that face-to-face confrontation for the first time chad
1: oh and it's a cool scene too because like you said he's he's kind of throwing um he's throwing some more bullets down range there at him and blowing shit up and he's messing with their bikes so they can't chase him and And, uh, Raven just kind of walks out there through the, you know, the, the flames and stuff behind him, And I mean, it's a cool scene and he's, I'll be coming for you kind of thing. Uh, and Cody, you know, Cody's not the kind of guy who's going to be scared. I mean, obviously look what he just did, right? um, you know, just to rescue Ellen. And, you know, there's, there's definitely going to be a retaliation from Raven and his crew. So, you know, Cody's, you know, I ain't hard to find kind of situation. So, um. Yeah, I mean it's a cool scene, and it's the first time that you get to see uh, Pare and uh, Willem Dafoe kind of face to face. So it's a good one, and they both look so cool.
0: Yeah, and and, you know, to me this was a little bit surprising. I did not think they were going to get the girl that quickly. Um, Yeah. Obviously, there's a a rematch in store for us, um, or this movie would be very short. Right. But. At first, I'm like, wow, they they already got it. I mean, I haven't been watching this this long. And uh, it happened, though. And they got her. And, uh, yeah, we get to see after the the face-to-face, Cody jumps on a motorcycle, catches up with the others. Um, And now, Billy kind of gets some disturbing news because he finds out that there was a little pass between Ellen and Tom. (laughs) And he gets, like, super paranoid. Um, And Ellen and Tom go have a little private conversation, Chad. Right, and uh, it's not all. uh, It's not a happy reunion necessarily.
1: No, it's not. And you know, it. it This all makes sense to me, right? Like this is one of the reasons why I love this film is because it's not. He rescues her. They 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 run off. You know, happy ever happily ever after kind of situation. They, you know,
0: he does. Hallmark didn't produce this.
1: Right. He does. He goes on this mission. Paid. He's a paid dude. Like he's getting paid by Billy Fish to do this. Uh, whether he has feelings for her that are still there or not, it doesn't matter like he's getting paid to do this. he he completes the mission, he brings her back and then uh, they're like ditching cars and like stealing buses and they're they're doing all this stuff. Um, and uh, so the the plan is kind of like whether there was ever a plan in place, like he's kind of thinking on his feet, which is one of the things that Tom Cody does really well in this movie. but uh they have a conversation and and, and it's certainly not. Uh, it's not a happy one, like you said, but Ellen is is mad at Tom for running off and joining them for the or joining the army and uh you know, I don't think her feelings are gone.
0: no, um, I would not think so. Well, she wouldn't care that he ran off
1: and and the fact that he's there now you can tell there's already some like uh mm. a weird connection between the two of them just in the two minutes they've shared the screen together. And Billy Fish is kind of just standing in the background. And you just know that he's going to kind of be that thorn in their side because, you know, he's got a little information about why Tom was even there. And I'm sure Ellen's not going to like it.
0: No, no, she is not. And uh, Tom Cody says, you know, we need to get rid of this car. They know what car we were in. We need to ditch the car. Um, And we also meet, like, basically Ellen's number one fan, Baby Doll, played by Elizabeth Daly. She was Dottie in Wee's yeah. big adventure oh yeah um i know that's a, a favorite of mr matt specter
1: that's a good movie a, i like that
0: who, who's also celebrating a birthday here soon uh, he probably won't mm. listen to this show but happy birthday to you as well matt specter um <laughs> yeah so we get to see a baby doll and if you know if i had a real good dusty Rhodes impersonation i would do that right now and call <laughs> baby doll a jezebel but i will not i will not do that um <laughs> So yeah, we introduced this character, but now they need to find new wheels and they end up catching, and I put that in quotes here, the Sorrells tour bus. And boy, was I surprised. I mean, what a cast of characters. The Sorrells were this four-man band or, or singing group. Grandell Bush just randomly pops. I mean, this is what's wonderful about this movie, just the random people who pop up in this movie.
1: Right. And I think that, you know, you get that with when you work with a director like Walter Hill. He, he's got this... Uh just laundry list of uh, people that he's worked with over a, the Rolodex. Years. Yeah. a Rolodex of actors who have, you know, weren't big names and then they worked with him and they became big names or, you know, you know, like we talked about Bill Paxton, like he was a nobody back then, but you know, eventually like he became a huge name. So um, yeah, it's really cool to see guys. Robert Townsend, what a cool name. Um, last name anyways. Um, but uh, <laughs> he, uh <laughs> Um the, the band that's on this bus, you know, they're they're trying to get their big, you know, their name out there. Um and I think that when they see Ellen Aim, they're suddenly probably not as uh disappointed that they're being uh <laughs> not taken hostage, but commandeered.
0: <laughs> commandeered. Their, their yes. Was commandeered, uh, yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't think so. Yeah. It's like, oh, it was fate. You, sometimes that just happens. You're in the right place at the right time. Yeah, so like pitching songs. Your whole world changed. Yeah. So it, it ended up being a good thing for him. Yeah. But it's not a smooth ride. Uh, first thing first, they get a flat tire. And that reminds me, they would not have gotten a flat tire if they went to our sponsor, Kobolowski Tires. For the best in tires, see Shanice Kobolowski. But. So, and, and ironically, it is Amy Madigan changing the tire. McCoy. Yeah, she's she's tough. She is. Um, then they chick. get stopped by the cops, and they have to break through a police uh, blockade. It, it's just not uh, nothing's easy in these movies. It, well, that's I should take that back because it seemed real easy when they got <laughs> Ellen, but now things are starting to pile up. So,
1: I think that initial attack uh, when they go to the battery and they attack was a Torchies? Yeah. I think the element of surprise is how they, that's how that worked, right? Yeah. Nobody expects three pe- or two people really to come in there, guns blazing and take, take them down. You know what I mean? To, to rescue this girl. Like that's the last thing you would expect. So I think the element of surprise did that, but sometimes it's easy to get away or sometimes it's easy to, 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 to save the girl, but not to escape. You know what I mean? Thank so, you, right now they're uh, now they're shit out of luck and dealing with all these problems.
0: And uh, Ellen's about to find out another problem because she finds out Cody got paid to be there. Yeah. Uh, and that kind of... Mm. Should have
1: used Bitcoin. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> so while that's going on, now we get something interesting. And this kind of, I don't know, almost for a moment was a little bit like a red herring because we see... Uh, Raven meeting with police chief Ed. And I'm thinking, uh oh, yeah. they is is uh, Cody about to get screwed? Because we know, you know, Ed kind of had some issues with Cody, and like, you know what, this could eliminate two problems for me or a problem right. for me. Um, so yeah, they have that. and Basically, Raven's like, hey, I, I'm I need to take care of this Cody business. It's just gonna be me and two guys. Once we do that, we're done. You won't have to worry about us everything's good for you, buddy. Um, yeah. But I, and then the very next scene, it kind of erases that. That doubt. maybe that little doubt you may have had, like, Oh no, yeah. is he, is he a crooked cop? Cause I mean, you've watched enough action movies, you know, there's a right. fair share of crooked cops out there. And, 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 and he cuts a deal with Cody.
1: Yeah. Tries he, basically, to anyway. he basically says, like, get out of town you know me and my man uh, whatever men he has the only I only remember slider It's the only guy I remember there <laughs> <laughs> Rosovich me and Rosovich will be waiting uh but he says you know, you get out of town Tom and then me and the men will be waiting for Raven when he shows up and we'll arrest him you know what I mean and then then you'll be you'll be free to do as you please
0: and yeah but if he doesn't he'll just arrest him right along with yeah. Raven um you know, and I—I I think right there, I don't think anybody watching was like, "Oh yeah, he's just gonna—he's just gonna leave." Right. He'll just leave now. Um, but what he does do is he goes to collect his payment, or so it seems. But really, instead of taking all ten thousand dollars, he just gets the thousand that he owes McCoy. And suddenly, Chad. Yeah. The doves are flying in the air. Rainbows, yeah. hearts are coming out of Ellen's eyes. Yeah. Moisture. (laughs) Okay. A little dampness. Maybe I was talking about the
1: rain, dude. What were you?
0: Maybe a little blood rush. No. Okay. Go on.
1: (laughs) Yeah. She, that was exactly what she wanted to hear or what she needed to hear. You know, she, when she found out that he had done it for money, it eliminated all those thoughts that she was fighting, you know, like, Oh, do I still love this guy? What am I doing? Like, this guy rescued me, blah, 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 blah. And then she found out he was doing it for money. And she was like, oh, the hell with this dude. Um, but now that she witnesses, it happens right in front of her. So she, she sees him take only the only the money to pay McCoy and nothing else. She, uh, I mean, I'm surprised she didn't just like have tearaway clothes on, rip them off and leap onto his erect penis.
0: Erect.
1: Uh, <laughs> and right then and there, because uh, yeah, now she's like instantly ready to, to run off with Cody and have his little Cody babies.
0: And I guess doesn't she have a Cody baby based on that awful sequel we saw? Let's not even
1: consider that a real thing. Okay. That was a bad dream.
0: It 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 was. It was terrible dream. It I felt like I was on a road to hell on that when we watched
1: that movie. <laughs> <You> know, <but laughs> don't even say it. Ah, it hurt. It hurts my heart and my brain when you say it.
0: Ah, so, so yeah, she may have gotten knocked up by Cody, but she definitely is about to get knocked out by Cody. Yeah. So when Cody goes to pay McCoy, he's like, Hey, I need you one more favor from you. You got to (laughs) keep Ellen safe. Yeah. And boom, one punch. Bingo. Santa Domingo. She is out.
1: The difference between being a, a, a hero and a villain is a villain would have punched her in the stomach just to be sure, you know?
0: Yeah. (laughs) So she's, she's out. So he knows she's not going to get involved in what he's about to have to do. And, uh, now we get to Raven. He's shown up. He's got the two guys, just like he said, uh, there's Ed and he's, but, oh, sorry. No, there's no Cody. There's no Ellen. And some just with this air horn, his uh, Raven's right hand man does the air horn. And, like every bomber who's ever lived shows up.
1: <laughs> yeah. And those, uh, a lot of those bombers, I don't know how many, don't, I don't know, but many of those bombers were played by actual Hell's Angels. Ah. Yeah. Was that
0: in your 10 things you didn't know about Streets of Fire? It
1: was. It was indeed.
0: And uh, of course, everybody could check that out along with yes. Chad's review, written review of this film over on yes. bulletproofaction.com. So yeah, it's obvious that uh, Chief Ed's plan didn't work, and he's like, "All right, Cody, he's all yours." Mm-hmm. And uh, that's when you know, obviously, Cody is rolled up at this time. They fight with these like hammers. Are they like mining hammers? Or yeah, it's
1: like it? a it's like a sledgehammer, but I mean, it's like an eight pound sledgehammer, so it's not that tough. But yeah,
0: yeah, it's the, yeah, it's not the the Triple H.
1: Yeah, I, mean, I use a 16 pound, but you know, whatever. Okay.
0: You're, you're a badass. Thank you. Uh, so yeah, first they fight with hammers, which is in itself, like what movies have you ever seen that in that? That's right. very unique to this film. And then, then it, of course does deteriorate into fisticuffs, a uh, good old fashioned fist fight. Um,
1: and I believe that is only after uh, Cody gains the upper hand with the hammers. He clings the, the hammer to the side and, and throws up the, uh, the old mitts.
0: Yeah, let's do this like men. Yeah. Yeah. And, well, we know how things like this usually go for bad guys. Uh, Yeah. Cody gets it. Cody gets the win there. Uh, Meanwhile, Clyde has has gathered everybody he could find, and they're all demonstrating their right to bear arms.
1: (laughs) They're exercising their Second Amendment.
0: (laughs) Yep, And, uh, yeah, so apparently the Second Amendment is effective in this another time and another place. Um and yeah so the bomber's like okay yeah we're going to get out of here and uh seemingly that that would be that's it for our 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 villains and now it's just time to kind of wrap up the story between Cody and Ellen.
1: Right. And I I at no point do I remember, you know, Cody pretty awesome fight scene, you know, they're duking it out, motorcycles are falling everywhere, guys are, noses are getting bloodied, hammers are nearly, you know, caving in people's brains and shit. At no point did Cody. Would, this is what I would have done, right? This is just me talking. Okay, I would have like done the old like smell my fingers trick, because we knew how Raven was like.
0: Yeah, he was Jones into and, her.
1: Yeah, yeah, that would have thrown him off his game. Fight would have ended in probably six seconds.
0: Hammer time, yeah. Hammer
1: time, boom! I would have knocked in that haircut of his with that hammer.
0: Oh yeah, he again. Caved it very in. unique look. If you've never seen. Yeah. This movie's worth checking out just to look at Willem Dafoe.
1: <laughs> he looks great at it. You know, he, <laughs> looks, he looks the same, but younger. You know what I mean? Like, he still looks pretty similar.
0: So, uh, yeah. So, we're going to wrap the story up. Fish, uh, Billy Fish. Not I almost called him Bobby Fish. Uh, That's but close.
1: He's, he's, he's good, too.
0: <laughs> he might right be right the right.
1: same height. It might be the same height as <laughs> Rick Moranis.
0: <laughs> so, Billy Fish, now managing the Sorrells. Yeah. Um and they perform the classic I can dream about you which I mean that is a standard on every 80s station I have ever listened Dude. to to this day. I mean it I it hear it all the time. It's right. great. It, it is it's a 80s classic. That song is like bigger than the movie, I believe. It
1: really um, is. It, it it is.
0: And it's a great song and uh you know Cody it's you know he's leaving. It's not his scene. Um he kind of has a heart to heart with old Billy Fish and says, you know, Ellen may want me, but she needs you. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's for her career and for the, what she wants to do in the world. He's not going to be able to help her uh, achieve her, her dreams of singing stardom, but certainly Billy fish can. Right. Uh, and at first it seems like he's not even going to have a, a, like, Hey, just let her know. But I mean, I think people would be pissed <laughs> if, if we didn't get that. Right. That last Cody and Ellen face to face saying goodbye.
1: He was going to give him that Irish goodbye. Um, which I've done before to a woman just disappear, never to be seen again. Uh, it, it, Yeah. And it, it feels like this movie, this is the reason I love this movie is because of the way it ends. And uh, I think it's a really awesome movie action. is great. I love the, the music and stuff, but this, this finale, like the relationship between Cody and Ellen ending this way is different from pretty much every other movie. Yeah. Uh, especially ones like this, like the, like I said, this is just like the, your standard hero shows up in the town, rescues his old flame. They kind of rekindle the romance, but instead of running, you know, riding off into the sunset, he basically tells her, you know, I, uh, I'm not gonna, I'm not the kind of guy that's gonna carry your guitar for you, right?
0: Yeah, he, he's not the roadie.
1: I'm not your roadie. I'm, that's just not me. And you know, if you ever need me again, I'll be there. And then they he walks away. And you're like, holy crap. Yeah. Uh and she you know, she essentially plays him out with another uh, you know, freaking awesome song.
0: Yeah, tonight is what it means to be young, uh, by Ellen Aim and the attackers there to wrap things up. Cody then meets up with McCoy, who has found the uh the roadmaster's convertible. <laughs>
1: Just slept it parked on the side of the road, yeah.
0: And uh you know those those are the two that ride off into the uh, end credits. So yeah, definitely yeah, definitely kind of flip the script on what you might expect. And I'm wondering, I know because on the last show where we were previewing this, you mentioned how some people think this movie is shit. Is it because of that less than traditional ending? Does that get to them? Do they want to see those two crazy kids hook up, get married and ha- live happily ever after? And it doesn't happen. Does that leave the sour taste in their mouth? Do you think?
1: You know what? It's very possible. I think that part of the reason that people don't like it is because the the music plays such a big part in the, in the film and they're not used to kind of music and action films going, uh, kind of going hand in hand like this one does. Um, not not to say that you can't watch this movie and not love the music. You you can. Um, but I think see to me what, what makes me love it is the ending. So um it it, it kind of like speaks to me personally in a way that really doesn't make sense to anyone but me. Right. Which is kind of how amazing movies and movies that
0: well, yeah, that's that's all art. I mean yeah. there's you know something about it. Connects with you in some way that you may not even be able to put into words or explain. Right. It just it just connects with you. All right. Well, you want to hear my opinions of this film?
1: I would love to. And you know what? Before you say anything, I yeah. I have I've uh over the last couple years, few years since I kind of discovered this movie three or four years ago, I loaned it out to people in various formats and said, "Hey, man, I know you're a big fan of movies. Check this out. I don't know if you've ever heard of it." Blah blah blah. And most people who've who've come back to me did not like it for one Mm -hmm. reason or another. And, and, you know, we've kind of talked about some of the reasons I think, or some of the things that happened in the film that, you know, whether it was the the finale, the ending or the music, or they just couldn't get into Michael Paré, but there was always something that made them kind of "Eh, not for me kind of thing. So I'd like to hear what you have to say.
0: Well, I'm going to say this. I Thoroughly enjoyed the movie, and I love the music. I mean, I'm a big '80s music yes. mark anyway, so that's you know there. But it's just so unique. It's such a different kind of movie, and I love that about it. And it was an easy watch. I mean, this movie yeah. flew by for me. No, no point was I like, oh, how much you know? There's movies right. where I'm definitely checking the put the little display on, like where we at? <laughs> oh, 45 minutes left. Okay, you're like, it. oh
1: shit, oh, yep. You know, part of that I think is is the way that it uh the way the movie unfolds, like we talked about it earlier. You mentioned it after he rescues Ellen. You're like, he already rescued her? Right. Yeah, they like don't that, waste
0: time. They don't like waste it, time. The I scene's mean, a, kind of again flow. when the uh I mean the credits are still rolling. The opening credits are rolling when the Roadmaster Diner fight's going on. Right. So it's and, like they, they just they're not like they're not killing it. There's no wasted time, no wasted motion. It's all boom. And it's high energy right from the start right. with with and, the music and that music just, yeah, it's kind of the driving force of the whole movie. And yeah, this is definitely one of those ones. Like how in the hell yeah. did a 1984 movie, did it take me to 2021 to, to watch it?
1: And there's no, you know, it's to say when you, normally when you say something's paint by numbers, it usually means it's kind of like, Blah, like it's not nothing fin- fantastic about it, but this movie, um, the characters all are playing that archetype. Like uh, he's a hero; that's what he is. He's a military guy. He's good at. He has a certain set of skills, as some would say. Um, and Rick Moranis is that sleazy music, you know, music manager or whatever. Um, William Defoe is the stereotypical biker gang leader. Like I don't need origins for these guys to know. Right who's good, who's bad, who's the sleazeball, who's offering people money to save his girlfriend. Like within 30 seconds of him talking, I already know who the characters are. You know yeah. what I mean? Like if anything, the uh, 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 the sheriff, um, he was like the one. You kind of you know, question. You're, you're like, what? yeah, is he going to be corrupt or not? No, he's a he's a good cop. He's just trying to protect the town and protect the people. So it's like um yeah it's it's one of those movies that really has kind of mystified me over the last several years like I said I hadn't seen it that long ago for the first time, and uh it's amazing to me that people watch it and they're like, uh, ah, this movie's terrible,
0: yeah that's what I didn't get like as i'm- I'm like, well, you know there's sometimes you'd be like, yeah, I could see I could you know you watch it like I know you love Nick Cage, yes, but not everybody loves Nick Cage, and I could no. see how he could be very annoying to someone who does not like nick cage right or even like a steven seagal i mean he, he you know you could see how maybe steven seagal would uh grade on people especially well i think everybody thinks newer stuff would but right. you know, there's just certain people that's like okay i can understand that but i did not see anything wrong at all with this movie and again just thoroughly enjoyed it and uh Wonderful suggestion, Chad. Awesome. I'm glad I I, I took you up on it. And and anybody else who wants to check it out, I was even happier because at first I'm like, I'm gonna have to rent this thing. It's on Netflix. Yeah. Popped up on Netflix. I think on September first, and I'm like, well, this is fate. Fate has stepped in here. Um. So yeah, if you have not checked it out and you're listening to this in the month of September, because you never know with these movies, they come and go on these streaming services. It's definitely right now. September 2021 available on Netflix.
1: Yeah, and this this movie does, uh, I, I know, you know, for me, it, it's always been difficult to kind of peg down that top 10 list, all-time favorites. You know, not best movies I've ever seen, but my favorite movies I've ever seen. This does fall into my top 10. Wow. Uh, you know, closer to 10, but, right. um, and, and like I said, most the main reason is the ending. Like the way that it ends, is just like, you know, chef's kiss. You know, and, uh, like beautiful. moi.
0: Right. Like it, it is very paint by numbers, but at the same time, it isn't. It's like, yeah, they, they did the. Oh, that, that's the color you suggested I paint it. Well, I'm going to go one shade darker, like right. do do what I want. So it, it makes it, again, a very unique uh, movie watching experience. Um, beautiful, beautiful film. Thank you again for this suggestion, Chad. I'm You've actually you finally it. provided something to this show.
1: Hey, 49 episodes. 49 episodes in. And again, we want
0: to thank, thank Kobolowski Tires <laughs> for sponsoring yeah. this episode. Because for the best in tires, see Shanice Kobolowski. I would sing Tweedly D right now as well. But you should. Uh, I'm feeling a little hoarse after we've been. I don't on think
1: anybody's show. listening at this point, anyways. No,
0: they're probably not. But if you are. I want to suggest that you go to bulletproofaction.com. Something new each and every day on the site. And of course, would love for you to follow us on social media. Yep, Easy for me to say. It's uh, at BulletproofPod on Twitter and at BulletproofAction on Facebook and Instagram. And and you know and, what? Uh, While yeah.
1: you're at BulletproofAction.com, just click on that little tab at the top that says shop and right. check, out, check out those t-shirts because uh, like I said, I wore one for four hours the other day and people are just throwing themselves at me and saying, where did you get this? I must have one. It's based on what I will listen to it until my ears bleed.
0: Uh, yeah. I that's mean, what uh, Aaron Williams did it. Par-
1: i paraphrased all that,
0: but right. And yeah, you know, I mean, the holidays are right around the corner too. Before you know it, Chad, we're going to be recording a holiday edition of this podcast what a great gift a Bulletproof Action t-shirt or a Bulletproof Podcast t-shirt would make.
1: Right. Isn't there always a holiday around the corner, though? Like, there's a holiday, like, every 13 days.
0: You might... Well, yes. Halloween to be here. We'll have a Halloween episode.
1: There, But holidays, like, capital H, like, the, the big ones.
0: Right, the big guys.
1: Like, Flag Day and stuff.
0: Yeah, that's a big one.
1: Columbus we have fans Day. in Canada. Mm -hmm. Oh, you can't say that.
0: (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry. Indigenous People's Day.
1: There you go. I love Indigenous People. I just went and saw the outdoor drama Tecumseh recently. It was phenomenal.
0: That sounds like something right up your alley. I watched uh, Game of Death 2.
1: Also very good. Different different (laughs) strokes for different
0: folks, I suppose. (laughs) That's what it's all about, I suppose. All right. Chad, we'll be back next time. It's going to be episode fifty. We're going to be halfway to hundred. I feel like we have to do something extra special. I'm working on it. I don't want to okay. announce it just yet. Don't announce it because I want
1: to be surprised.
0: <laughs> Even if I told you fifteen times, you probably would still be surprised. You were surprised that it was just you and I when we got. I on was. Podcast. I said,
1: uh, "Who are we waiting on?" <laughs> we were uh, waiting on
0: no one. It's just waiting you on one. no
1: one. Well, by god, I should have gotten nice and drunk before we started then. That would have made it better.
0: No, I'm glad you you are sober for this. Um, maybe the listeners aren't. Maybe they like you drunk. I know well, there's some I... women who liked you drunk back in the day.
1: Yeah, they all they liked me briefly and then you know, never yeah. mind.
0: Okay. I think I think that's a good place to stop this <laughs> this episode before you incriminate yourself or bring up hurtful memories that will make you cry yourself to sleep tonight. <laughs> we hope you're not going to cry yourself to sleep tonight, but we do hope you stay tuned for more of the Bulletproof podcast. Thank you for listening. I reverse my usual ending. So I'll say it again. Stay tuned for more of the Bulletproof podcast.